Hey mama, do you feel pressure to be perfect as a mom? Do you sometimes feel guilty that you're not giving your family enough? Do you often think about, I wish I was spending more time with my kids. I feel like a failure as a mom. I'm not giving them what they deserve. I'm just not measuring up. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, no matter what I do, it's just never good enough. Today we're gonna to talk about how to break away from the unrealistic expectations of motherhood. The really heavy loads that we don't even realize we're carrying with us. The pressure to be a perfect mom, the guilt of not doing more, not giving our family enough, not spending enough time with them, feeling like a failure. In my early motherhood, one of the hardest parts of it, that when I look back on it, I understand more about now. But at the time, I was just drowning in unrealistic expectations of myself. I was drowning in the pressure to be perfect. So much stress and overwhelm because what I was looking at and comparing myself to was this glamorous picture of how motherhood should be. That, of course, my reality looked different, as all of ours does. And I think so much of those picture-perfect ideals, whether it's through social media, Instagram influencers, you know, Pinterest-perfect pictures, it's this flawless idea of motherhood, right? And we see how beautiful amazing it looks everywhere else how perfect it looks everywhere else and it makes us feel like wow i am such a mess i am a hot mess express over here i must just be doing something wrong if my life doesn't look like that you know we see influencers online who have this beautiful perfectly clean home right and we're like oh my god look at my house i have no idea how to keep up with this while i'm working full-time just trying to survive the work weeks trying to manage the chaos i have no idea how to juggle it all and Somebody in a Facebook group actually a couple days ago, this is what inspired me to share this episode. She said, I feel like being a working mom is often appearing like you have it all together, but hiding the chaos. How many of you feel like that? I know I definitely did for so long before I started learning so many of the tools that I now bring in coaching to my clients because it doesn't have to be that way. I know I felt so discouraged that my life didn't look like all those picture perfect ideals of motherhood. I just wasn't measuring up and I was beating myself up about it every single day, feeling ashamed that my home doesn't look like that. My life doesn't look like that. My motherhood doesn't feel like that. I was just in survival mode, just trying to keep it, trying to keep everything going, you know, trying not to drown, but also feeling so guilty that I wasn't giving my baby more. I was giving him everything I had. I was trying my best to give hundred percent both home and at work, but I still felt every single day like a failure. I wasn't as present and loving as I wanted to be because I was just so worried about everything that needed to get done and how much, how little time that I had to do it all. And I was so anxious and overwhelmed by it, just so stressed. And I think so many times when we're not fitting that mold of the picture perfect mom, it can make us feel like we are just, there's something, there is something wrong with us. We just, we must have to just work harder, right? Our children deserve better than this. And ultimately we just push ourselves even more and more towards burnout, and then we still aren't able to measure up because they're unrealistic expectations of perfection in the first place. And for so many of us, I know definitely me and many of the moms that I end up coaching, this can contribute to postpartum depression and anxiety, be one of the biggest factors that causes the spirals into that. And it can become a really vicious cycle. And part of it too is that so many of us are reluctant to get help. I definitely was because after all, society 
and even in the military, it gives us this idea that we should be able to do it all and that there's something shameful about reaching out for help because it means that we're not strong enough, that we're not good enough, that we just can't manage it. And so we have all these narratives that not only keep us stuck in these vicious spirals of shame and inadequacy and guilt, we get even more and more discouraged, but then we also don't reach out for help. Whether it's from a mental health professional, whether it's from a mentor or a coach, once I started receiving coaching, it opened up a whole new world for me because I realized for so long I was carrying so many burdens that God never meant for me to carry. So today I'm gonna help you release some of this pressure to be perfect because we can break free and the Lord wants so much more for you in motherhood than this. As moms, it can be easy to feel exhausted, right? On a day-to-day -day basis. But what I've learned over time is that even if we're physically exhausted because motherhood is very demanding, maybe we're really sleep deprived, I get it, definitely there with you. But so much of what can also contribute towards the exhaustion is the mental and emotional load. It's everything we're carrying in our hearts and minds that is just weighing on us. And that in itself is exhausting. So if we can release some of that pressure, we don't even realize how much time and energy is actually freed up. And it's been one of the most beautiful gifts. So today what we're gonna do is we're gonna explore these expectations that we're holding ourselves to. Because the truth is, these are often subconscious expectations that we are comparing ourselves to every single day without even realizing it. And they're making us feel like we're not measuring up, we're not doing enough, no matter how hard we try. So we're gonna learn how to examine those. I'm gonna walk you through a five-step process to do so and how to give ourselves more grace so that we can release some of that pressure on ourselves. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Hey sister, welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you wanna make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood and uniform with so many expectations to perform in your job, stay physically fit, and such little support? Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the army, I was so burnt out. I was just wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures, prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt exhausted. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're gonna find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformations so you can find that balance that you long for to be who you're called to be for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. So the very first step, take five minutes. I want you to brain dump everything that you associate with being a good mom. So some questions you can ask yourself here are, what makes you feel like you've got your crap together? <laughs> what makes you feel like more of a mom when you do certain things? You know, what should a good mom do? What should home and family life look like if I was being a great mom? How am I defining being a good mom? What is that kind of box you feel like being a good mom has to fit in? Just take five minutes, brain dump it all out. Brainstorm a list. Don't judge these things. Don't judge yourself for them. Just get them out of your head and heart and onto paper. No filter. Even if it sounds silly or stupid or whatever it is, 
just write it down. Write it down anyways. All right. I want to give you some examples because I think examples can be helpful. Here's a few that I thought about that I often see in the women that I coach. We, we really work through these things and some of it takes time, but these are a lot of the ones that I've personally experienced and that I see most frequently in coaching. Okay. I should be happy and joyful all the time as a mom. I have to love every minute of life and motherhood and babies and my kids because it all goes by so fast. So again, not judging any of these, not saying they're right, wrong, or indifferent. We're just going to go through the list right now because these are the common ones. Everything in motherhood should all come so naturally and intuitively. I should know how to take care of my baby, how to do it all. I need to be the one to keep the household running smoothly. I need to be the primary parent. I need to be the, the planner, the manager, the scheduler of all things. Keep. I just need to be the glue that holds everything together. It's all on me, right? Making breakfast, dinner, having breakfast and dinner as a family, home-cooked, healthy meals, maybe an extra special meal cut up in exactly the way your kids like it. Maybe we are in some ways associating, even in the moment, how good enough we are as a mom based on how much of the meals our kids actually eat that we make for them. Like those moments when, you know, your, your toddler throws a fit because you made the wrong kind of noodles. <laughs> Whether we make homemade baby food, baking bread, baking cookies with our kids, packing lunches or writing notes in the lunches on napkins for the kids, looking all put together when we drop our kids off, how smooth it all goes, getting to church on time, all put together with our kids in dress clothes, how well our kids are behaved, their manners, how quiet and still they sit at church or really anywhere in public, <laughs> whether we read to our kids every single night, whether we're cuddling up you know, the book before bed or tucking them in, saying our prayers before bed, being the one to teach and raise them in the faith, making maybe it's making arts and crafts with them, those Pinterest-worthy crafts that we see all the time, right? Taking our kids to the park, library trips, like going on adventures with them, spending a lot of time outside as a family, being on the ground playing with them, being that kind of mom who is fun and playful, spending the whole day playing with them on the weekends. Maybe it's decorating the home beautifully for the holidays, getting out the door with everyone behaving and in good, a good mood. Maybe that feels like, you know, I'm killing it as a mother today, right? When our kids are cooperating and listening or when we're running errands, kissing boo-boos, packing all the bags, anticipating every single dang need when we go anywhere, food, drinks, diapers, toys, strollers, medicine, like extra snacks, all the things, extra clothes in case you got several blowouts or somebody pees their pants, being the one to stay home and take care of them when they're sick or taking them to all the doctor's appointments, cleaning the house, keeping it completely spotless, elaborate activities together, a whole bunch of activities together during the holidays, giving our kids the opportunity to do all the enriching activities that we could ever imagine, like swim lessons, tumbling, soccer, summer camps, all the things, being there at every single sports event or, or signing up for all the class events. Maybe it's making homemade cookies and bringing them to their class, the birthday parties, parent-teacher conferences, school volunteering, doctor's appointments, parenting in a certain way, Pregnancy being a wonderful, enjoyable experience, loving every single minute of being pregnant and embracing all the changes that come. Whether or not or how long we breastfeed, types of type of birth experience we ended up having, whether it went as we hoped and planned, even bouncing back quickly postpartum, how fast we lose that baby weight and get back in shape, if we are able to do it as quickly, as gracefully as possible as society expects us to, even as sometimes the military expects us to. Whether or not we miss certain aspects of our old life or our relationship like we should feel guilty for or bad for or ungrateful as a mom if we sometimes are, are grieving almost the old life that we used to have 
So I hope that paints a picture. Here's some examples of what this could look like. So if you haven't already, pause me and I want you to write that out for yourself. Just five, give yourself five minutes of a timer and just brain dump everything that is on your mind and heart about what makes a good mom. What makes a good enough mom? What should a good mom do? What should it look like? What makes you feel like you've got your crap together, right? What is that box that you feel like a good mom has to fit in? And it can be little things and big things, just everything that comes to your mind. Okay, again, don't judge yourself for it. Don't judge any of them. We're not saying whether they're right, wrong. We're just putting them down on paper. So go ahead and pause me. If you can, if you're not driving or something like that, pause me. Even if you need to take some notes on your phone, write it down, get it out. That's step number one. All right, now that you've done that, we're going to move into number two. Step number two is I want you to take the kind of top five. Just look through your list, take the five that you feel like weigh on you the most, that you're constantly kind of feeling guilty for, or just really feel like you're not measuring up in. And then I want you to take those five and write out one or two thoughts about each of them. Just kind of download those thoughts. What associations do you have with those? You know, why do you feel like that makes you a good mom or would make you a better mom if you were able to do those things more or better? Why is it a measure of being a good mom? So again, don't judge yourself for these thoughts. Just write them down. We're literally just getting objective about what's going on in our brain and what's happening in our mind that we aren't really aware of necessarily consciously. So let me give you an example. One mom that I was coaching on our discovery call, she was sharing, you know, I want to give my kids all of me the absolute best which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But she was sharing, you know, I want to give my kids the absolute best. And I get into this mental trap of what being a good mom is. And she's like, I think of a mom who's home with her kids all the time, making lunches, taking them to the activities, doing fun Instagram arts and crafts. You know, I should be more patient. I should never snap. I should never lose it or yell at my kids. Being a good mom means my house has to be immaculate all the time. And she's like, and I am nowhere near being that mother. I'm not as present and loving as I want to be. I'm just not giving them enough. I have felt that too. So many of you can probably resonate with that 100%. And whether it looks exactly the same or what those narratives are for you, each of us has this sort of mental manual of what it looks like to measure up. And so that's what we're doing here is we want to put those on paper. We want to bring them from just kind of deep in our, in our mind to we want to just get them out there. We can bring them to the light and then we can really take a look at them and move forward from there. So let's go with the example for her of, so as we, as we kind of got through the conversation, homeschooling and homesteading are a couple of things that I tend to see that a lot of moms are starting to gravitate towards more. And I feel some of this call too, so I completely get it. So oftentimes we have this ideal of what that would look like, right? And I don't think it's just a simple fact that we might want to in the future homeschool or we have this vision for a certain life that includes those things, but it's more so about what does that represent for us? Why is it so attractive to us, right? Why are we drawn to it? So I want you to get curious about it. What are those deeper things that it's representing? Okay, so again, let me go through this step one more time. So you took those top five things that weigh on you on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe it's big things, maybe it's little things. And I want you to write one or two thoughts that you have about that. I want you to kind of explore what's going, what's going on around that particular topic, thing, whatever it might be. Why do you feel like it's a measure of being a good mom? Or what makes you feel like if you're able to do that more, better, etc., that it would mean that you're a better mom. Okay, so we're just getting curious about it. Then step number three, 
And again, pause me if you need to, and then come back to me. Step number three is get curious about where this may have come from. So where did those stories and expectations originate? So maybe it's our own family, our family background, our family examples across the different generations. Maybe the example of our parents and their roles, different societal and cultural influences about gender roles. Maybe our faith community has more traditional gender role ideals that are kind of pushed. Maybe it's social media influences. Again, not judging, not right, wrong, or indifferent. We're not saying whether it's good or bad. We're not being critical of ourselves in any way for these things. We're not even being critical necessarily about those influences and where they came from. We're just getting curious at this point. The goal, again, is to take this from the subconscious level to literally just putting it on paper so we can explore it more. And we're going to bring it to Jesus. We're going to ask him what he thinks about it. So these are driving our day-to-day experience of motherhood, whether we realize it or not. These expectations we have of ourselves, the pressures that we feel, because this is what we're comparing ourselves to. And you may have never quite brought these to light before. I know I definitely didn't before I started to become coached on these things. And that's why it's such a gift to be able to explore these and to give my clients a safe space to be able to explore these things. And then I help them to do it in a non-judgmental way. Because again, so many of us are used to this harsh inner critic, like that really negative self-talk that we often experience. I was, I had a discovery call with a potential client yesterday and that's what she was talking about. She was talking about her first postpartum experience. She wants to do this one differently and she wants to be supported in it. And she was talking about how much the negative self-talk just drove her into a deep hole of postpartum depression, and anxiety, self-criticism, kind of questioning her instincts and doubting herself, comparing herself a lot, right? And so you're not alone. I think so many of our early experiences in motherhood look like that, but with the right kind of support, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's what she said. She was like, I wish I had the help that I needed at the time, but we just don't know what we don't know sometimes. So that's why I'm here to help kind of guide you through these things. And that's why I'm here also, if you need support in a coaching capacity, we can work through these things really powerfully in even just one session together and give you so much freedom. Like you can break so many of these chains. All right. So that was number three, right? So get curious about where it has come from, where they originated, those different influences that have shaped maybe these perceptions that we have. Okay. The number four, we want to move into a process of filtering now. So this is where we start to kind of hold them up to the truth of maybe our our faith or God's word. We can start to examine what is realistic and what is not because we want to identify what do we still want to hold on to and what can we release? What might we even need to repent of? Because sometimes it's, it's falling into, even sometimes falling into temptations. I want you to look one at a time through those five that we really explored, right? Ask yourself if you feel aligned with them. If you want to keep holding on to those narratives, because this is the time where you get to be intentional about it. You get to make that decision. You can invite Jesus in, ask him what truths he wants to speak to you. What are those false measures of what's good enough that you want to let go of, that you want his help in letting go of? And I often remind the moms I coach to ask the Lord, what is he asking of you in this season? Rather than looking to the world, or other people even to define what you should be doing. And then the other question that I encourage my coaching clients to always be asking themselves, I teach them how to ask this question and to do it often. What am I making this mean about me? Because so many things we don't even realize we're tying so deeply to our worth. And so how are you tying your worth to these things too? 
So maybe you're making it mean because you're not able to spend 100% of your time with your kids because you're working full-time right now, or maybe because you're not homeschooling, maybe you're making that mean you're a bad mom, that you're not giving your kids what they deserve. Are you a bad mom because you're working? I would argue no, right? But you, you get to explore that with the Lord and you get to make that decision. But we don't want to be holding on to these narratives and carrying the weight of them without examining them. We are called as Christian women to take every single thought captive in obedience to Christ. And that is what it looks like to renew our mind. And so this is what we're doing. This exact process is taking our thoughts captive in obedience to Christ. Because we're taking those thoughts, we're capturing them, and we're looking at them with the Lord. And we're asking him what he thinks of them, right? So that's what it takes to renew our mind. But we got to slow down enough to, to kind of take a look at these things sometimes, right? So be gentle with yourself through this process. Let the Lord in, like create a space where you are able to explore these things with him. Filter out the noise, the unwanted opinions and criticism when you're doing this as you're deciding what you want to let go of. There is no one right way to be a mother. There are many ways to be a good mom. There are many ways to be a great mom. And it's going to look different for every single one of us. And it also may look really different in different seasons of our life, depending on what the Lord is calling us to. And that can evolve and change because we evolve and change. And as our family grows, maybe as our family dynamics change, as our family needs change, as our values may get refined and shift and change, our priorities may shift and change. I think those are some of the hardest dynamics of motherhood, right? But it's a good thing. It's a good thing in allowing ourselves permission to explore these things, to ask the hard questions and also to grow and change. It's all good. It's healthy and it's holy because the Lord is refining us. And sometimes it takes a purification of our hearts, but it's a beautiful thing. So this step, step number four was identifying what are those things we do want us to hold on to intentionally. We're making that decision. And then what are the things we want to repent of? Maybe the toxic influences or the worldly influences that we let seep into our minds or just unrealistic expectations, the standards of perfection that are kind of false ideals that we don't really need to hold on to anymore. We can release those. So what do we want to hold on to? What do we want to repent of? What do we want to release? Okay, number five, now that we've filtered down, right, there are things that we've still held on to intentionally. And those are the things we can stay grounded in. They may be convictions that you hold dear. They may be truths, right? Biblical truths. They may be what the Lord specifically spoke into your life. But hopefully at this point, you've released some of those expectations of the world. So the ones that are remaining, let's look at those. What does this show about your values and what God wants you to focus on? I want you to give yourself permission, even if you don't necessarily feel like you can fully live it out. For example, going back to our example, maybe your dream is to be a stay-at-home mom. Maybe your dream is to move into homeschooling. But right now you're in the military. You've got several more years of a service commitment. You're not able to leave yet. And you're not able to transition to that. Or maybe you're not in a financial place where you're able to do that. But how could you start living more aligned with those values or what the lifestyle represents for you, right? Even where you are right now, what does it say about how you might want to shift your priorities a little bit, the way that you're spending your time? Look at your daily rhythms, your routines, what you're carving out the space and time for in your schedule with your kids, maybe how you spend your weekends, how you spend evenings as a family, how you're showing up to them in the limited time you do have. It can be so easy, I think, in the military. I definitely felt very trapped in my early years of motherhood because I had 
basically come to a decision of, I don't feel like this is the path for me anymore. I don't feel like I can be the mom that I want to be while I'm serving. And I've since grown in so many tools that have allowed me to feel like I'm actually able to show up as the mom I want to be for my kids. I'm able to manage my time, my mind, my emotions, and just be really grounded in the Lord. So I'm able to live out my faith while I'm serving right now. And so that has kind of shifted for this season. But, you know, we're going to have decision points down the road. And this is a dream that God has placed in my heart. And it's just kind of a matter of when he's calling me into that, when the right timing is. And I'm always actively discerning that. But I definitely felt in my early years in the military as a mom, as I was just trying to figure out how to do it and how to manage it and how to juggle it and to find more balance. And I felt really stuck and like I was just failing in all of it. I definitely felt like my life and my time was being either stolen from me, stolen from my family, or just completely dictated to me. I felt like it was not my own. But my friend, I want to encourage you. You get to choose how you spend your time. Yeah, maybe not in your exact work time frame, right? That you've got to be at a certain place in a certain time in a certain uniform. I get it. But outside of that, you completely get to choose. So, how can you live a life that is more aligned with your priorities based on what you've just determined you are called to be as a mother, who you are called to be as a mother? What can you let go of? What can you say no to? Either in the internal pressures you're holding in your mind, right? Or even in your schedule, in your to-do list, maybe certain influences so that you can allow more space for where God is calling you in this season and how he's calling you to mother. What skills, what attributes can you grow in? Time management is a huge one. I really wanted to be more present as a mom, and I knew that that was what God was calling me to be. So I actively, for like an entire year, was working day in, day out, doing a lot of internal work so that I can be more present. I was getting coached on it all the time. I sought out mentors who embodied this, who could help me grow in that, because sometimes that's what it takes. Maybe it's the skill of learning how to reduce the negative self-talk. This is a big piece of what I focus on with my clients. Each of these three things that I just said, time management, how to be more present, negative self-talk, huge ones that I work on every single day with my clients. And then another one that I want to encourage you in is that it takes a village. Ask for help. You're not expected to do it all alone. You don't have to do it all alone. Build your community of support and lean in when needed. Reach out to a professional. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe it's a therapist to support your mental health. That's what I do as a coach. If you're at a baseline of mental health, but you want to move from kind of surviving to thriving, I got you. That's what I do. If you are completely drowning, if you feel like, if you're going through more severe postpartum depression, anxiety, a therapist can really help you. That would be your next right step. Then when you feel like you're kind of staying afloat, that's when I can help. If you're not sure, schedule a discovery call with me. Just reach out at meganatarmtotheheart.com and we can see what would be the right first step for you. And oftentimes it can be both. We have different scopes of practice. We have different areas of expertise. We have different tools that we use, different education that we've been trained in. Although there are also some overlaps. Coaching typically is more focused on kind of the present and the future. Goal setting, a kind of integrated approach to different areas of your life, how to design those intentionally, how to manage your time, how to manage your mind, and then who you want to become. We look at all of those things. And then I also integrate faith very deeply into it. Versus therapy, in which most of the time you're going to be working through some of those hard things in the past that are affecting your present, that are affecting your relationships, that are affecting your mental health, right? So those are some of the distinctions I just wanted to briefly cover when it comes to 
coaching and how that can help support you through this. So altogether, just to kind of sum it all up, I found that one of the things that has brought me so much more peace in just managing working motherhood and trying to find a better balance is the permission to not do all the things and to instead focus on the things God is really calling me to be present in. It's easy to have so many narratives in our mind about what defines being a good mom. And to feel like the measure of a good enough mom is keeping the house spotless, doing Pinterest-worthy crafts, right? Or making gourmet meals every single night for our family. But often I have to recognize when I'm subscribing to the world or society's definition of success and what being a good enough mom means versus what God is asking of me. Because our kids don't care about us being perfect. They just need our love. They need us to be a witness to what it means to be human. And that also means receiving God's merciful, unconditional love for us and needing the Lord. Like part of being human is that we need God, you know, and so we're not perfect. And so I try my best to be patient with them, right? To be a more present mom every single day. I try to pray together every night. I try to talk to them about Jesus and our faith together to really teach them morals, to read stories. You know, I try to be there for them anytime they need me throughout the night, even if that means, you know, nursing and helping them whenever they need to be cuddled back down to sleep or comforted back down. It's trying to slow down to really be with them and not just, you know, get so bogged down on getting all the things done and trying to move together through the daily routines of, you know, making things go smoothly as a family in a more playful, connected way rather than rushing around a million miles an hour. And if I tried my best that day to nurture, to teach them, to take care of them, to make the most of even the limited time that we do have. If I also leaned on God's grace, if I remembered I don't have to do all of this on my own, if I apologized and repaired and repented for any ways that I didn't show up as the mom that I wanted to be, that to me is success. And so much of my growth as a mom has just been learning how to be not just more present, but also more gentle with my kids and with myself, you know? So give yourself grace, give yourself grace and realize that we are called to continually grow, but he knows we're not going to be perfect in this life. Heaven is perfection and perfect communion with God. We cannot quite attain that on this earth. So define what you're aiming for more. Define what being a good mom means. Define what God is calling you to do in this season as a mother. Less of those unintentional mental manuals in our head of all those shoulds that swirl around, right? That drive the guilt, the shame, the inadequacy, the frustration, the discouragement and defeat, right? That is a spiritual battle. And let's remember that the Lord wants to give us every single thing we need for what he asks of us. That includes time. That includes that he wants to give you all the time, all the energy, all the grace for exactly what he calls you to do. And even if you don't feel like you're able to be the mom you want to be in this season because maybe you're not able to give as much time to your kids as you really desire to. I feel you. I understand. But it doesn't mean that he isn't giving you enough right now to be exactly who he calls you to be. Do you trust him in that? Whenever I feel anxious about not having enough time, all these things I should be doing, quote unquote, if I feel like I'm not doing enough, you know, I'm beating myself up about that. I go back to this truth. How could it be true that God has given me everything I need, that he has me where he has me for a reason, and that everything I have to include my time, I just got to give back to him. And when I lean on him, when I let him guide me in how I mother, how I spend my time, how I show up to my family, how I take care of my home, 
how I steward the gifts that he's given me by contributing my gifts to the world and my work, then it feels much more peaceful. And it's not driven by guilt because we're trusting the Lord with everything that we have. Do you trust the Lord that your worth is not in what you do? Do you trust him in that it's not in how much you do or in doing it all perfectly? (laughs) Can you let him remind you of that more? Do you trust him that you are exactly the mom your family needs? That he wants to help you be that mom? So on those days when no matter how much you give it, it doesn't feel like enough. Remember that God has entrusted your beautiful babies to you for a reason. He made you uniquely for your family. He chose you, nobody else, to be the mom for your children. And no other mom is equipped to do the job that God has called you to do. You are irreplaceable to your family and you are exactly who your family needs. You have unconditional worth. You are loved beyond measure. And even on the hardest days, God holds us. He loves us. He wants to strengthen us. He loves you and your kids way more than you ever, ever could. You know, so whenever you feel like you're not enough, remember that God is. He is enough. So when you're in the thick of those really hard days, when your patience is wearing thin, when you feel yourself spiraling, comparing yourself and you're what feels like a mess, right? Inside to someone else's highlight reel on social media, when you're replaying in your mind those moments when you may have lost your cool with your kids or you weren't the mom you wanted to be, when you're beating yourself up for all the ways that you fell short, whenever you feel like a failure, let's worry a little bit less about trying to be perfect and lean on God's grace. Remember that His grace is sufficient for his power is made perfect in our weakness, in our weakness, not in our strength. That's where his grace is most powerful. So rest in those truths of who he says you are, not who the world says you are, not what the world says you should do, not who the world says you are not, not who the world says you should be. Okay. But who God says that you are and let this process, this five-step process be something you come back to. Let it guide you in how you spend your time, your energy, and where you spend your focus so you can keep your eyes fixed on the Lord, keep your eyes fixed on Christ, and focus on what matters most. So I pray that this was helpful to you today. If it spoke to you, take a quick second and share this episode with a friend. It may be exactly what she needs to. I know if other moms were encouraging me in this and teaching me this in my early motherhood, it would have been completely different. So let's keep lifting each other up, supporting each other and sharing these kinds of resources with one another. Don't hesitate to reach out. If you want some coaching, if you want to schedule a discovery call, if you want to explore what this could look like for you, just kind of have a heart to heart. That's really what it's about. And I will hold space for you. Just give you a chance to open up super low pressure. We can just chat. All right. So go ahead and reach out to me at Megan at armedtheheart.com if you want to schedule that and we'll see you a time that works well for both of us. All right. I love you, sister. I can't wait to connect again soon and I'll see you next time.